I know that in in talking about the equivalent of Finding Nemo for me, I I, I watched Brave, but I don't. It's just like the mom is a bear, like eighty percent <laughs> of the time. So it's really hard. I to, know. Like, I wanted to love that movie. It's just hard to like get with it. You're saying that after saying that Finding Nemo is like you love it, and they are fish. <laughs> so. Hello, welcome to this new episode of Three Ways from Sunday. Today we're going to be talking about mother-daughter relationships in movies. As always, here's Gabby. I'm Laura. Ana Mariana. So the three movies we're going to be using to explore this subject are uh, Terms of Endearment, Saving Face, and <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Freaky Friday, the 2003 Lindsay Lohan version. I want to start us off by asking, you know, an open-ended question, which is like, what do we as a public, what do we want from a mother-daughter film? Like me personally, I want to be comforted and I want to think like <laughs> that relationships can be mended that love triumphs and things like that <laughs> so a happy ending yeah I think I like complexity you know I want to see something beyond the relationship mom and daughter I want to see just two women who go through life together what I find interesting is like you know these two people one of them came from the other <laughs> so like <laughs> how does that work i mean you raise this person and how they become sometimes the daughter becomes you know the complete opposite of the mother because of how their mother is or or sometimes they're really alike so i don't know that catches my attention i guess so like an exploration on child rearing <laughs> um more like how do people like have personalities i don't know what how much influence maybe does a parent have on their kid i don't know so the psychology so would be exploring like that. that would you would be like well that was a good mother-daughter film i guess but well, i don't think of it in that in those terms but i also like the comforting fact and a part and the i mean this is a person that is supposed to love you and take care of you and so when that works out you know it makes me it makes me feel um, happy and like hopeful, I guess. Yeah. Um, for me, because like obviously your answers were better than me, so now I need to compensate. Um, <laughs> for me, <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> for me, since I love movies, uh, I love film about women. A, mo a mother daughter relationship is always a treat because now it's a film about two women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's better than one too. So, and yeah, what exactly what Ari is saying that the exploration of. And that is actually rare. Yeah, that is actually very rare. Yeah, that's why we have the Bechdel testing. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to explain what that is. Um, the Bechdel test is from a comic created by Alison Bechdel, mm -hmm. right? Yes. In which in, in the comic, two women are talking, and one of them says that she doesn't watch any movie where the two women. It boils down to basically the two women don't interact. Or if they do talk to each other, only talking about men. So that's that's the two, that the requisites. It's just there have to be two talking women, and they have to have a conversation that's not about men, and that that's it. And unfortunately, very few movies pass it. 
Yeah, it's a, a bare minimum uh, test. And and the, the sad thing is that rarely do movies accomplish that bare minimum. So we wouldn't have that in mother-daughter films because the main the two main characters are the mother and the daughter. So they get to talk and if they start talking about anything else that is not a man, they have immediately passed the test. <laughs> Doesn't mean that it's going to be a good film, but it passed the bare minimum. I just wanted to uh, point here, like at, at this juncture, that I don't think there are many films about mother-daughter relationships. I think they're they're hard to come by. Uh, would you guys agree with that assessment? Yeah, I agree. I yes, especially that focuses on mom and daughter, you know, on their relationship, and not like a wider family film. Solely, more often the focus is on father and son. So that's what we get. <laughs> Yeah. And then the other thing I want to touch upon is that also oftentimes within this rarity, which like the film is going to be about two women, uh, mother and daughter, within that rarity, oftentimes the film then like depicts that relationship in, in a very, um, troublesome, problematic, uh, kind of way, which is, <laughs> When we veer into like the horror genre, some sort of psychological that is exploitation thing. <laughs> and I do want to be frank here that when I said that I want to be comforted, I want to like love to triumph and all of that. I mean it. Like all the movies about the mother and daughter relationship that is just like really effed up, they scare the crap. <laughs> I don't like them. They scare me. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> and and there's been a kind of a resurgence of that lately. With um, HBO series Sharp Objects and Hulu's The Act, that is basically this Munchausen by proxy disease that mothers can develop. Well, anybody can develop, I guess, but but more more often mothers develop it. Not that a lot of people have it; it's it's a rare thing. But it's a very toxic relationship, and it's very strange because the person that's supposed to care for you is like making you sick and slowly killing you. So that's messed up. So that they have to care for you more or so that they get attention and pity from others. And that is messed up. <laughs> and I did watch uh, the act. Uh, I enjoyed it. But again, it's super creepy for me. Very disturbing. I did not watch Sharp Objects because I just couldn't handle that. I'm, 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 I can't handle that. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Amy Adams is a treasure. Laura, have you watched I have Sharp Objects? I am a big fan. <laughs> sharp Objects is by Gillian Flynn. And it's quite... And Laura is a fan. And I'm a, and I'm a big fan. <laughs> I do think it matches... I really enjoyed it because I love Amy Adams. You know, like my criteria, which was complex women. <gasps> and Patricia I Clark think objects involves complex women. So I'm a fan. But it's a very messed up <laughs> relationship. And terrifying. For sure. Veering off to some other ways this relationship is depicted, Besides drama, besides horror, uh, I think we should then talk a little bit about uh, co the comedy aspect of these kinds of relationship. Uh, what's depicted usually in sitcoms, what's depicted probably in Freaky Friday. And so anybody wants to comment on that? I think this is where a, a mother-daughter relationship can really flourish. And it's on, on sitcom 
TV or at least comedy TV, and you get shows like Gilmore Girls, like Parenthood, like I don't know what else. This is us, maybe. There's but that's there's drama. been a show on Netflix, um, Jenny, Jenny and Georgia, I think. I think I think that you can because you can see the relationship, you know, through stages. Oh, the girl is growing up. So I think television is like a good medium to show that. I think the exception to that is sitcoms and when the relationship between mom and daughters is not the protagonist, but it's like a side character and it's usually like make it's not a main yeah, story. Exactly. And it's usually like just a stereotype. So oh my mom, that comes here like every once in a while and I don't like her or we fight or you know, so that's I think the other extreme you can also find in television. Or some sort of annoying mother in law. As well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, mothers in law, yeah. They're like overused in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> And when you say that in comedy, mother-daughter relationships can flourish, they do flourish. Can you expand on that in regards to Freaky Friday? Well, in Freaky Friday, you have two, two you know, the mother and the daughter, and they they feel like they're very different. They feel like they don't have those common things that would, like, join them. Because one is, like, you know, this rocker chick, and the other is, like, this really stressed out therapist. <laughs> so... I think the comedy aspect makes them realize like that they do have a lot in common or that they weren't listening to the other one when they said that, you know, I have these problems at school and the mother wasn't listening. And when she lived it through, you know, her, the daughter's body, then, you know, it allowed her to listen to her, to understand her better. So the comedy just kind of emphasizes all the things that they weren't doing for each other. <laughs> I think the comedy aspect helps more into making complex, like hard subjects more lighthearted. At least that's what I saw on Saving Face because it's a rom-com. And there's a lot of like um, societal expectations on them and the relationship, the tradition behind them, the culture. But because it's a comedy, there's also like, um, like more softer touch or like <laughs> to those subjects. And, you know, a possibility to make better the relationship despite those issues, you know? And I think that's what the comedy helps. Yeah, what I watching Saving Face, like, I found that movie incredibly funny. But it's like this quiet moments of, like, a look, and then I'm laughing. Or uh, uh, somebody stays quiet after a comment, and I'm laughing. Uh, so it's not that kind of comedy like Freaky Friday, where it's very physical, very outward and outspoken. But it is, they do use it, I think, extremely well because it, it does add levity to situations that are very hard. And in, I think mother-daughter relationships can benefit from comedy in that obviously pairing up things that don't quite mix together always generates like funny moments, laughter. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the two buddies that go on a road trip, then one of them has to be serious, the other one has to be, like, a fool, and then just have them go on a trip, and it's hilarious. So and so you can do that with mother-daughter relationships in that the mom is very serious, the, the, the girl is not, and just, like, in Freaky Friday, having them change, exchange bodies, it's freaking hilarious to see an adult woman that now is like taking out a piercing from her nose because <laughs> she now lives in a 17-year-old body. It's, it's, it's hilarious. 
and and you know like Jamie Lee Curtis sells it so well like she looks at herself in the mirror and she's like I- I'm old I'm old and, and she's crying about how old she is and and you're like you know that's a 17 year old girl looking at herself in the mirror of course she would be completely freaking out and and Jamie Lee Curtis was nominated for a Golden Girl for comedy for that performance. She was actually. I just think it's, she's absolutely hilarious. She sells it so well. And and so in wanting to uh, expand on Laura's comment, I would like to, like, could you elaborate on what are these dramatic moments that need levity in, in Saving Face? I think in Saving Face, there's a lot of the contraposition of opinions and cultural backgrounds of the mother and Will, which is our main character. And Will is a Asian American woman and she's a surgeon and she's way more open about the world. But her mother keeps a lot of the prejudices of her, of how she was raised, you know? So there's a lot of like race comments and, you know, like homophobic things and stuff that because of the comedy, like get a little bit lighthearted and easier for also for them to deal with you know and for will to understand where her mother is coming from and for her mother to be a little bit more open because otherwise it will be like really dramatic film and i'm thankful it's not like that oh yeah that would be like a hardcore drama for sure and to just like the perfect example of this is the joy lot club where every single relationship is a mother-daughter relationship and it's just you're just crying the entire film constantly crying it's a lot and that relates to saving things in the sense that um it's about they kind of deal with the same themes of culture and and expectations Chinese american people immigrants first generation second generation differences so obviously it's i to me it's so clear how saving face dealt with the subject in a more approachable way by adding this these bits of comedy Whereas you would have the Joy Luck Club too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, now I'm not talking anything about terms of endearment because that movie was not. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> there were I mean, some yeah. funny. There was there were some moments of funny, like, <laughs> but with terms of endearment, since. Their relationships, they're strained. The mother is so controlling over the daughter to the point that the daughter basically gets hitched in order to escape her. But, like, I saw it that way, that she was trying to escape her mom. And I absolutely love that line where it's the night before her wedding and she's telling her that she doesn't want her to marry the guy. And then, well, maybe, maybe just don't come to my wedding. And then she's like, you're right. The hypocrisy was bothering me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh my god i really laughed at that like <laughs> when it was really mean <laughs> and i mean the scenes with jack nicholson are kind of funny when he falls out of the car and the girl like breathes him he uh, and just to explain to the listeners if they haven't watched this movie jack nicholson is like a playboy he used to be an, a, astronaut. Uh, an astronaut in the 60s but now he's the 80s and he's older and he still thinks he's like this hot stuff out and about young bachelor hot stuff But these girls, like, they take him home because he's just so drunk. And he's like, come, come in. You want to come in for a drink? And and this girl reads him like, you're old, you're fat. Why would I want to be with you? I, what I expected from 
a lecture of the astronaut was something great. You didn't present that at all. And I was like, oh, oh, that hurts. I wanted to meet a hero. And I got you. (laughs) I got this old perm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there there were some funny moments. But, you know, it's not a comedy film. Definitely. Yeah, it's just, to me, the end of the film absorbs all of that. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, you're right. There were some, a few, yeah, here and there. Oh, there's a, that moment where, like, oh, Emma, they told me you had cancer. I'm a nutritionist. <laughs> it's like so out of place. <laughs> that was fun. So now that we've finished talking about when you delve into the comedy genre with these types of relationships, Let's do the opposite and go into drama. So what is usually depicted in a mother-daughter film? Do you maybe want to start with Terms of Endearment? Oh, because it's the most dramatic <laughs> one? I gotcha. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll go, go ahead go. and do it. <laughs> okay. So in this relationship, what you have here is a mother that is extremely overbearing to the point of, um, to the point of worry. Like, I would worry. <laughs> Like the the first scene of the film is so critical for me to to like place you where you're at. The the mother is looking down at, at a crib with the baby and it's saying she's not breathing, she's not breathing, and and the mother is freaking out about the baby not breathing, and the dad is like telling her it's fine, she's, asleep. she's sleeping, yeah. she's finally sleeping, she's asleep, it's it's okay, and the mother like her fear goes like it. It exponentially grows to the point that she reaches down to the baby in the crib and shakes the baby awake and makes the baby cry. And once the baby's crying, you know, usually people worry when a baby cries. The mother instead goes like, oh, much better. And then leaves the room and doesn't even like help soothe the baby from like being awakened in such a violent manner. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I was like, what am I watching? What the F was that? <laughs> I know. So you're like, the movie is set in motion and you realize this woman has the, has issues. And obviously those issues are going to fall back on the daughter as well. And the daughter's going to have issues. <laughs> like, it's inevitable, right? So uh, the mother is very controlling. And it just seems to me, that's the way I interpret it. But I don't know if I'm being super biased against the the blonde guy that that the, the daughter Jeff married, Daniels. but it seemed to me that the, yeah Jeff Daniels. It seemed to me that the daughter very much wanted to just escape the mom and was like the first guy that comes along is the is it let's do it let's get hitched and take me away. Uh, I interpreted like that. I don't know if you guys I like didn't that. necessarily you know saw it that way because we're not shown you know this first like half an hour of the movie is very much like this moments. It's like critical moments. So we're not shown if their relationship was, if they were like super in love with each other or anything. So I don't know if it really was like this last resort of escaping her house. But the daughter never, never works. Like she's always a housewife. So maybe, maybe she felt like it was her only way of getting out. To be fair, I'm a little bit confused about the characterization of both her characters because I don't see her mom that threatening are as they are trying to 
put her. I mean, yes, she calls a lot, but that's it. You know, she never like drives to her house and says, I'm going to be here. You know, like there's a lot of actions that I think could be made more extreme. Oh, she lets yeah, her live her life. She's overprotective, but she's not like, I'm going to ruin your life. Like, not really. And the daughter is very like permissive in letting her in. You know, she's like used to her calling all the time. She's like, oh, it's my mom, you know. She forgives her over and yeah, over again. they talk. I, she, I like, she tells what's going on with her life instead of cutting her out. And with Emma as well, I was very surprised with her not working and being a housewife because she doesn't look like that. Like her character for me is very like, you know, like forward, like I will do other stuff rather than, I don't know. I was a little bit confused in that part. <laughs> she... Yeah, it was like a temperamental go-getter personality trapped in a like supposedly yes. housewife submissive role. Exactly, we never yes. see the submissiveness. It's just like she literally doesn't work. But my, my, I thought, well, she has three children. I, I, I must like, but I don't know. Before having the first one, right? She could have worked, or after the first one, I don't know. I don't want to like judge, you know. But they were always <laughs> struggling for money too. So, but I mean, they yeah. couldn't have hired a babysitter while she was working either. Like, like they couldn't have afforded afforded that. That's you know, that's expensive. No. So, I honestly think it was out of necessity. Like, if she wasn't going to be taking care of those kids, they had no way. Yeah, maybe. You know, of paying for that service. Which is why, when she eventually passes away, the children are left to her mother and not. Her Which I also thought was Which a little I bit was huge. Yes, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> that was really, yeah, that was something. But nobody thought, not even himself. Like nobody thought him capable of taking care of the children, and not even he, like he didn't even believe that he could do it. So I felt like that was okay because if he wasn't even fighting for them, then okay, that there's your answer. You don't want to. Okay, by psychological wise, like those kids are going to grow up with a lot of. That's going to be horrible. Like my dad didn't want me being raised by my grandmother. And that conversation, just the conversation, she's like in bed in the hospital, and he sits on the bed, and and they go over like, I never thought I'd be the guy that would give up on his would give his children up. But then Does he's it? just like, oh, but I am that guy. Your mother will take that's them. that's the scene that I was like, if you're not even gonna fight for them, then you know you don't deserve them. Yes. It was weird. I don't know. Well, yeah, that 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 situation was really strange. I mean, if you're gonna marry someone, you know, you have to make sure that they're gonna be your partner and they're gonna be that. That seems scary to me. That would be like a nightmare. But well, anyways, <laughs> I, I think in drama, when you have this movie in terms of endearment, you would depict something that's not ideal something that is flawed and it, it goes down like it's raw and i they did have that you could see like how they would tell each other everything emma would even tell her mom about her affair any everything and you're like you know that's life with the ups and downs the relationship it can thrive it can break and i that's definitely what i would want from a drama film but not from a mother-daughter film in general where i just want to be like Embracing <laughs> of the warm hug of the wonderfulness of the father and son relationship in Finding Nemo, like the equivalent of that. <laughs> yeah, is there is there a movie like that for you that you find comfort in? Like because I don't know that a mother daughter movie is like that. So is there one for you? Maybe father daughter. <laughs> I will say. Oh, I love me. Father of the Bride, for example. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I absolutely. They, they, you know, they're going to make like a Cuban version of that film. Oh, that's great. And Gloria Stefan is going to be in it. Oh, that sounds great. Cool. I didn't know that. So it's going to be a Latin family. That's amazing. Uh, I was going to say that for me, it's not a film, but a TV series. And that's Gilmore Girls. You know that. That's my, Gilmore my, Girls. my comfort. Mother Even daughter. though I started to hate Rory by season six or five. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I started to hate Rory. On my rewatch, because I, I first wa watched that series like when I was 12 or something. And then I rewatched it when I was in my 20s and was like, mm, Rory's a little bit. Mm, 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 eh. but, you know, <laughs> I'm a mm, fan Rory. of Lorelai. Mm. Yes, that's it's the like, one. It's like, mm, yeah. Rory, Lorelai, you could do better. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that relationship could improve. I literally, by season seven, I was skipping her parts. <laughs> Like, I didn't even want to watch I don't think I watched season seven. That's, that's the like, level. When she, when she was on her. screen, I would skip it. I would fast forward it. But everything else is very comforting relationship. Yes. At the beginning, it was like great. They yeah. were best friends and they were like, it's us against the world. I know that in, in talking about the equivalent of Finding Nemo for me, I, I, I watched Brave, but. I don't, it's just like the mom is a bear, like 80% of the time. <laughs> so it's really hard I to know. like. I know. I wanted to love that movie. It's just hard to like get with it. You're saying that after saying that Finding Nemo is like, you love it and they are fish. <laughs> so. Yes, but they can talk, Laura. They They're have personalities. They both speak. And they don't, I, I, you I, know that's what I was going. They don't even have to be together in order to feel the love. It's just like the love was so strong like it's so beautiful like he's trying to find his child and all that and with brave it was like it was cute like the mom you know it's eating salmon as a bear it's funny <laughs> but i didn't feel like the mom was mostly when are you gonna get married when are you gonna get married it wasn't like <laughs> which is a really good segue because i think that's also a subject that come like appears a lot in our films you know like when are you going to get married <laughs> Yes, I agree. Like marriage, like your mom judging you about who you married, it's such a staple of this type of films that, again, there are very few of them, but it's definitely a staple. And I think we should segue to your film, Laura, about that. Yeah, I think in Saving Face uh, is particularly important. And I think it comes a lot with the Chinese culture and the, like, you know, the traditions of women have to get married and then, you know, they'll be okay because the man is going to take care, etc., etc. So I do think that the worries of the of Will's mother comes from that, you know, that she wants Will to be okay. But <laughs> there's also a lot of issues because Will is gay, so she doesn't want a man and that's never going to happen in the way her mom is ambitioned. And, and, and almost the irony of like, I want you to be okay. Why aren't you okay? Why aren't you getting a man? And it's like, mom, I'm a surgeon. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm a doctor. Like, yeah. I, I did fine. Like, what else is there to worry about? And and the mom has to worry about who she's going to marry. <laughs> like, she still has to worry about that. Yes. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> but I really love the parallel with the mom because, yes, the mom is like, you have to get married, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's a whole drama behind, you know, what she's living. And turns out the mom, spoilers, sorry is seeing a young man which is also you know in the culture very like, taboo yeah but and not only that but she's pregnant at almost 50 years old so is this extramarital 
extra married on webs <laughs> pregnant by a younger man exactly and what's funny is awesome. that what Gabby mentioned about uh, she wanting Will to be happy you know and to be safe but it's the same thing with the mother you know at the end when Will run in when she's getting married to this man that she doesn't love she's like but why are you not being happy as well you know why are you going to get married again to someone you don't love instead of you know, being with who you love doesn't matter the age differences or the pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. And she thought, I don't, I mean, I didn't rewatch this movie, but she thought it was like some old guy, right? Like a really old man. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> a moment, like for a few seconds, she, she thinks that the guy's father is the one. Is the old guy. <laughs> but what I find lovely about the film and about the ending is when they are in the bus, which reminds me a lot of The Graduate, we... We have talked about in another episode. You know, there's the scene that he interrupts the wedding and then they go away in the bus. And it's a very parallel of that scene, but it's mother and daughter in the bus. And it's the first moment they actually like connect and understand each other and the position the other is in. And that's when the mother is like, let's go to the airport to, you know, stop the girl you love. Let's go. You know, like (laughs) Rom comes in. Stop her from leaving. And and I, I'm so glad you mentioned The Graduate because that's exactly what it evoked in me. Oh, this is like The Graduate. But The Graduate, instead, they look at each other and they're like, now what? And in Saving Face, the mom immediately goes like, I'll go and live with you again. I'll have the baby. We can put this wall here so the baby stays in here and the cradle there. And then Will has the the bravery of saying, no. We're not doing <laughs> We're not living together. <laughs> Uh, so immediately they go into like now what like they do answer the now what in, in that that is so ever encompassing uh, in the graduate and and yeah that's true <laughs> nerve wracking <laughs> and I think they also acknowledge that they want to be happy you know even if that involves taking the step or the road that is not seen like frowned upon in the in their families. Another part that I enjoy about the movie, and it also a lot of comedies derived from that, is the fact that the mom is pushing for the daughter to get married, and then the roles are reversed for a while. Is the because the she's daughter tired is trying to <laughs> of having her ear flat. Yeah, looking for dates, <laughs> yes. right? Is looking for dates yeah. for her. So because <laughs> the um, the grandfather, the mother's dad, will take her back if she gets married. So then the daughter's will's only option is, okay, then I'll just get her hitch and send her on her way. Yeah. <laughs> she can stop living with me and I can get to have a relationship with my girlfriend that I've been hiding. And it's been like, that has brought problems to our my relationship. And so I need this woman out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I think the lesson is don't try to get people married just to solve problems. Okay, just <laughs> follow love. <laughs> And uh, the ending is so nice. Uh, I do like the subversion of the airport scene where, uh, obviously, in rom-coms, you always have someone chasing after the other person and then they declare their love and then, you know, fade to black. But here, Will runs to the airport and, and Vivian is like, kiss me, kiss me right now in front of all of these people. And Will can't do it uh, because, you know, she's too scared. Yeah, and it's rough with all the prejudice about mm-hmm. about homosexuality in society and all of that. And, and most of all, uh, it, it, that was, what, 2003, right? Yes, four. 2004? Like, just in 2003, they, like, 
decriminalize gay sex in the United States. So that's where we were at. No way. At that oh point. my God. I mean, you wouldn't get arrested, you know? But it was, but right? They, but it was like, in the law. Like, the laws about it were rampant and were like, just like there, like written. Wow. Alive yeah. and well. Um, but yeah, it's very hard to arrest someone for having sex because they usually do it behind closed doors. Yeah. So how would you even know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they usually <laughs> don't do it in public. And that would be another thing. That would be like indecent exposure thing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be uh, anyways. So that's where we were at at that point. So obviously, like, Will cannot kiss her, but then they see each other afterwards, uh, a few months afterwards, and Will gathers up the courage to, to kiss her, to dance with her, and do it in front of all their Chinese acquaintances that they see weekly and during this, like, dance that they go to. And it's really, like, such a romantic gesture. I thought it was very romantic. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it was very nice. Freaky Friday, a, maybe you could engage us with more of the dramatic sides of the film and what topics and themes are they trying to delve into and, and how do they get resolved? So I think one, one of the main things is that Anna's father died and the mother, Tess, is getting remarried and she doesn't have... The, the new dude is trying to, you know, gain her favor or like, you know, get to know her, but she puts up this wall, like you're not, you know, you're not getting in. So by switching bodies, she learns that he's, you know, a caring guy and a good man. So I, I guess I, I like that part that, you know, she could, she could trust this new man into her life and her mother's life. And she accepted him. Do you think there's there's also like authority? That's one of the topics, yeah. Yeah, like authority yeah, that's one of between uh -huh. both, you know, because I feel like Tess is a little bit controlling. Like, of course, her daughter is a teenager. Because she has, she has a certain, you know, vision of what her daughter should be dressing like, what her interests should be, what she, the people she should, you know, be friends with. And Anna is not accomplishing any of that. She doesn't want to. She has her own interests and friends and goals. Uh, but her mother doesn't put value in any of those. And that is like the main conflict for them. They don't, they don't see eye to eye. They don't understand each other. And, and she has this vision of a perfect daughter that Anna is not, you know, that kind of pressure is horrible for someone. And she shouldn't be under that pressure because she's just, you know, she's a kid. But that is what creates the main conflicts for, for them. But I, I think guess. part of their uh, understanding, you know, when they switch bodies, et cetera, et cetera, is her mother realizing that Anna is good. You yes. know, she's actually a good student. I mean, there's a lot of qualities to her, but in other areas. She's a good person. She has quality friends. She has loyal friends. And her band, you know, is like going somewhere. And she's good her at playing the guitar. Like, and yeah. Yeah. And she's talented. So that's what allows the whole body switch and, you know, she sees her daughter through a new light, I guess. And it's beautiful. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts that she understands that her daughter is actually the daughter that she wants, that, that she raised. Driven, independent, strong, smart woman. She is the daughter that she raised. A good person. Which is very similar to Saving Face, you know, like they also come to a point in which 
you are not who I expected or who, you know, who I was envisioned to be. But I understand that who you have become is still great, you know? And I think that's like a pivotal moment in a mom-daughter relationship. <laughs> and that's shown in both these films. To the point that it's the mom that arranges for for Will to re-meet Vivian after not having kissed her at the airport. Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful. Which is, I thought was like very... Poetic. <laughs> it was beautiful. Like, it was like, oh... We've come full circle. Yeah. She's still trying to get her hitch, but, you know, <laughs> to the right gender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, these movies are important. Sometimes you have a tough subject that you don't talk about with your parent, perhaps sitting down and seeing these types of films that, uh, delve into a mother-daughter relationship, maybe it can you know, open the door to a to a conversation that was difficult. I know that that happens a lot with LGBTQI uh, people uh, that they're watching somebody come out on screen and that like inspires them or even the parent is like right there beside them and that then moves the the conversation forward. And I think the same can happen with mother-daughter relationships, that it could be something very healing for uh, any... Everybody has a mom, basically. <laughs> we all do. Uh, so I think it can be very helpful. And and that I think that's why these movies are important, even though we've said and over-said that there, there are not many of them, which is a sad fact. But the few that there are... <laughs> There are so few of them, though. <laughs> I just, I find that so baffling because we can literally all relate to them. We all like, have a mom, yeah. It, like, we all have it's that. universal. We all have a mom and we all have a dad. But, you know. <laughs> I think movies are a lot about, like, you know, Hollywood has so many orphans. I've said, I've said it before. I'll say it, I'll say it again. It's all about the orphans. So <laughs> they're more free to do stuff, I guess, or something. But it'd be nice to, to ask see permission. the current of, of, you know, like films like Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Uh, to me, that was very cathartic because seeing that relationship where they didn't like each other, but they loved each other. I don't know. I've never seen that before in film. Well, that, that's very similar uh, to Terms of Endearment. I, I, I think it's that that's yes. where it comes from. <laughs> It was sort of like that. It was a very complex relationship, I would say. Like, they would literally call each other every day. I don't think men get to... I don't I don't see a man having that experience with another man, with their dad. I don't know. I feel like it's very female. Which experience? The, the one where, like, you love each other, but you don't like each other. Oh. You're disappointed by each other, but you're also... You want to impress them at the same time? I do, I do want to say that I think mom and daughter relationships are very loaded. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of like layers in them. And I do understand a lot the love, hate, like uh, element of it. You know, there's a lot of societal expectations in that relationship and in what you want your daughter to be, especially in the 21st century, you know, because I guess before it was... Like, get married, you know? <laughs> like, what, what we talk about in Saving Face. I, I get you, Laura. What, like, what you were saying, Laura, just has me thinking of, like, 
oh, I'm a Hollywood executive or Hollywood screenwriter. How do I depict a good father-daughter-son relationship? How do I establish that very quickly? Oh, oh, they're throwing a football around in the backyard. <laughs> and like, check, a good father and son relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you're going to do the same exercise with a mother and, and daughter, and the, the daughter is not a child, the daughter is instead, you know, a teenager or, or an adult, I don't see, because you could have a child or an adult uh, son throwing the freaking football with the dad and it still be like, oh, they have a good relationship. Like right away, yeah. the short time yeah, is the shorthand. The shorthand. I mean, I see like a mom putting the, the daughter to bed, but the daughter is a child. I don't, uh, you can't do that with a wrong woman. <laughs> That's insane. So <laughs> I don't see that. Sh- right now, I don't see that shorthand. I don't see it. I don't know. Because it, again, it's so complex. As you were saying, it's so loaded. Their expectations are really high. Yeah. I do think there's the same issue that Hollywood had with female characters and especially female protagonists. And is that they are scared, you know, because it's like an uncharted, like uncharted waters. Like they're scared. Yeah, so they are scared to yeah. get into them and try, like you said, like trying to use images that Explore show them. the relationship, like yeah. the father throwing the ball. I mean, I get, I, I bet you that there are, but we're just starting to, you know, there's not that many films exploring them. And that's why these films are so important, like Saving Face, you know, like that moment when they are about to enter the buffet and the mom is like fixing her clothes and saying, why are you wearing these and the main clothes and et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a very like mom-daughter relationship, which is the way you look and the way you look to others. And that's like a way of exploring that should be used more in further films. And I think, unfortunately, we're going towards the uh, psycho mom thing and hurting their daughter's trope. I don't know what to call it, but I feel like I'm seeing more of that around, of some sort of toxic mother. I don't know. I think there's so much stuff right now that, like, Netflix publishes something every week or so. so I just haven't had the time to watch it. But I do think there has to be more. For example, Alice Wu, which is the director and writer of Saving Face, she also created The Half of It, which is a film that are in Netflix and that deal with similar yeah. subjects. So I haven't watched that film, but I bet that's, you know, like another space to be more open and explore female characters. Similar subjects? Um, it's a, I mean, she is a, a closeted, you know, well, yeah, lesbian. I watched, and, and it's more, she has a father. The father is like the main. You should watch it. I, I will. I will put it it's in It's a my very sweet film. Watch list. By the way, I didn't get why Saving Face was rated R until like, oh, boobies. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, there, other than yeah, that, no. I was like, mm, I don't see the R here. <laughs> they are in Maybe welcome. because it was 2003. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the time. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I feel like we've delved into the topic as much as we can without having done scientific research about like, you know, the percentages <laughs> and about yeah. you know so thank you so much for having joined us and we hope to to have you with us for next week so this has been three ways from sunday as always here's gabby i'm laura and i'm mariana and if you can uh, you can follow us on instagram facebook twitter as three way sunday the three number you can also write us at three way sunday at gmail.com you can ask us questions or suggest a topic you would like us to discuss and last but not least, please rate us. Uh, it only takes about like 
what, 10 seconds, just put five stars right there. It, it really helps the podcast. Uh, thank you so much and see you soon. Bye. Bye, guys.